Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. And welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Arson and Michael Baranowski. Welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland Area Attorney and sometime Republican strategist Jay Carson. Here's our Ask the Politics Guys question for this week, Jay. It mm. comes from Chris in Austin, Texas. And Chris writes, Dear Politics Guys, I'm a fiscal conservative who leans left on most social issues. How likely is it that a candidate with views like mine could win a presidential election? I think that's a really great question, Chris. Uh, there's some survey data that suggests that this sort of combination would make a lot of sense electorally, I think, because social liberalism by a lot of measures in the United States is on the rise, especially among younger voters, and there's still a very strong streak of fiscal conservatism in this country. So on the surface, I would think you might say, well, yeah, candidates like that should do very well, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Wouldn't you agree, Jay? I'd agree. At first, I yeah, welcome uh, Chris to the club because I I I uh, I think we're probably kindred spirits. I don't. I hope Chris, I don't offend you by that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I guess what it, what it, we want to determine is is uh, when one says social liberal, uh, what does that mean? Uh, for example, uh, I know there are folks who can be uh, socially liberal uh, in their their views. Uh, but are not necessarily out there espousing that as, as a policy goal uh, or, or vice versa or can be, be um, conservative in their views. For example, uh, some people who may find abortion uh, personally abhorrent, uh, but that's not going to be their biggest uh, issue right. that they're campaigning on. Um, and I think there, there, are, there are plenty of folks like that. Um, uh, they're also, again, similar. But... But but setting that aside, I'd say yes. I, I think someone um, uh, like that can win. Um, if you look historically, here's you know, Bill Clinton is sort of an example of that. Uh, now, albeit his his fiscal conservatism was was perhaps encouraged to a larger part by the Republican Revolution of '94. I mean, he wasn't necessarily fiscal conservative right when he ran, uh, wanting to to do the uh, healthcare system, which would have uh, been even more intrusive and, and uh, more top-down government control than, than what Obamacare is. Uh, but he came around uh, to a situation where he, he endorsed things like welfare reform and um, uh, NAFTA, which we talked about earlier. And, and I'm not sure whether you call that fiscal conservatism, but it's, again, sort of a free trade uh, type. type yeah. uh, so, so no, I think there, there are folks like that. And, um, and I, I, my sense is that the religious rights um, prominence in uh, the Republican Party is is usually overstated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. In fact, I'd argue that a candidate like this not only can win a presidential election, but that one will win. In fact, this presidential election, that candidate's Hillary Clinton. I mean, I think that that fits Hillary Clinton. She's maybe I mean, she's more fiscally less fiscally conservative than a lot of people would like. But I think fundamentally she's she's certainly not, not a radical. She's not Elizabeth Warren. She's not a Bernie Sanders. She's not going to do crazy stuff. And She's, she's not necessarily a, a redistributionist. I mean, um, certainly not to no, the no, extent yeah, of I, a lot I, of these my, folks. My issues are more that she's she's a crook. But but no, I, I'd agree. She's she's not a, a um, Sanders redistributionist uh, uh, type uh, 
Um, although although she does employ that rhetoric, uh, I think I think far too often. Yeah, I think I think um, you know the the GOP their their primary electorate is a lot more radicalized than the primary electorate and the Democrats. At least this is my view, and so I think that you're a lot more likely to get a fiscal conservative, social liberal from the left. Uh, Martin O'Malley, for instance, would probably qualify. Jim Webb who? was in. Yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> Jim Webb, who was in the race for a while now, he was uh, also uh, Lincoln Chafee, who was a former Republican. So I think it's a lot easier to find those people on the left than on the right. And that's just, you could say it's just good organization on the part of the radical right, which has done a whole lot to advance, you know, I would say kind of nut job candidacies and so forth. But uh, so, yeah, I think I think certainly this happens now. Go ahead, Jay. I, I was going to say, I, th- I think you're di- I think you 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 might be arriving at the correct answer, but but your math is wrong getting there. Um, I think a lot of folks on on the right, I, when you say it's easier to emerge as, as this sort of candidate from the left, I, I think it's it's more because the right is is not necessarily more um, conservative or more uh, uh, what was the word you used? Radical, not job. Radical. Those are the words. Radical, I don't know. They came to mind. Job, yes. Um, it's not so much that, but it's more splintered. Uh, there, there are various pockets. Um, uh, for example, uh, that that folks who who for, you know right to life or um, uh, marriage issues or gun rights or whatever uh, are a, a a primary issue. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great point. Issues that, and and it's it, it's a sort of a state of commentary where. Um, you know, because because fiscal issues are are necessarily less sexy. Yeah, um, it's it's easy to get people riled up with that. Uh, the Democrats sort of have it all all sort of um, because they have, I guess, we'll say less, less diversity. Uh, it's all sort of sorted out already. Well, I think uh, this. So the assumption is you've already got the the uh, social liberal there. Anyway, otherwise uh, you're you're out. But, yeah, uh, well, I think I think this is an instance where it really helps to to have some uh, knowledge of history, which both you and I are, are fortunate enough to do. And if you take a look back, uh, the Democrats were, you know, today I've heard people say that we essentially have three main political parties. You have the Democrats, the Republicans, and sort of the Tea Party, more radical Republicans, and and. You know, that makes sense from a historical standpoint in the sense that if we look back 30 years ago, the Democrats were very much in the position that the Republicans are in now. And you had a lot more factionalization in the Democratic Party, uh, a much stronger, I think, uh, liberal, uh, radical wing, certainly. And what ended up happening is the Democrats got their got their, their butts handed to them in a number of elections. They became more conservative. They became more unified under this message. And it's really helped them out. And we're seeing something similar happen to the to the Republicans here. And in a way, you could almost argue that the best thing that could happen to the Republican Party would be a Trump nomination or a Cruz nomination and just a complete wipeout by the Democrats in the general election. And so that would maybe help to kind of let would be these, a catalyst for the rebuilding. Exactly. Okay. The rebuilding yeah. of a of a more reasonable, unified Republican Party. Because right now, that's a huge problem at the national level, not so much at the state and local level where Republicans are doing great, but certainly in terms of presidential politics, it's a huge problem. Uh, and it would be nice to be in a place where both parties seem reasonably unified and reasonably sane, but you know, we're not there we're not there now, certainly. So uh, one other thing I wanted to point out is that 
Going back to Chris's question, which we got a little bit off of, but that's okay. Uh, you know, there are some libertarians who would argue that that's exactly what they're arguing for. You know, uh, that uh, they they tend to lean left, at least in the terms of let people do whatever they want in their private lives without government interference and be fiscally conservative. Rand Paul comes to mind. Of course, his campaign is largely sure. cratered. But, you know, and I, I think there are a lot of, especially a lot of younger folks who tend to be naturally drawn toward uh, libertarian views. Although, to me, the big problem with libertarianism is that it assumes that people are far more rational and intelligent than they, most of them are. I mean, obviously, most people are below average in intelligence, or half of people, sorry, not most people, yeah. But I wow. teach, yes, I that, teach statistics, yeah. Half, a slight less than half of people that's are like below the George, average in intelligence. George Carlin joke. Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah. You know, so, imagine them, think how dumb the average person is, and half of them are stupid. Exactly. Than that. And so I think libertarians tend to be smart, uh, engaged sort of people, and they assume that other folks are like them and are rational like they are, and that's just not the case. And so libertarianism works for people who are libertarians, I think, but not everyone. Well, I, I think I think libertarian works, libertarianism uh, works great in the college dorm room. Um, right. And more sort of shortly thereafter, uh, but then once you get a job and uh, yeah. have a house and kids and neighbors and uh, you know you you realize that uh yes you do need some some sort of government yeah um and and you do want to have some say in in uh, <laughs> how, how your your community runs yeah. um you know the other thing I, I would mention when we talk about uh a a social uh liberal candidate uh that that term sort of is a moving target because the you know what the the, the values that the the, uh, the issues change uh, pretty frequently. Um, you know, for example, you could go back. You know, this is going back a ways, but uh, people back in the day would have said that JFK was was a social liberal on issues. Right. Uh, uh, again, and this is JFK who 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 sort of uh, favored integration, uh, civil rights, and so forth. Uh, but, you know, still declined to have Sammy Davis Jr. attend his inauguration. Um, right. Uh, this is also JFK, who who would certainly not have been out campaigning for abortion rights, uh, much less yeah. gay marriage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, now, that... again, now you and again, you fast forward that uh, so many years um, uh, and, and, you know, to a, a Bill Clinton. <clears throat> who, right. Again. Uh, would say would be uh, uh, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, um, but would was still uh, uh, unwilling to uh, sign off on or, or or you know sign DOMA, right? Uh, which you know later anyone you know who 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 would say they supported DOMA or something like don't ask, don't tell would be considered a, a hater, right? So I, I think that's that's part of it too. That it's, thing, it's a little yeah. bit of a sliding scale to say what do you mean by social socially liberal? And I think I think um, that's that's a really important point to bring up because what you know what a lot of progressives or liberals uh, uh, don't don't really I think really keep in mind is that. This has happened, and the nation has become, generally speaking, a lot more liberal socially. And that, that frankly, uh, scares or angers a lot of people who have more uh, what you'd call traditional values, the values of the United States or of a lot of people in the U.S. back in JFK's day or before that. And they don't like these changes for whatever reasons. A lot of them tend to be religious-based, but you can kind of understand why that would freak people out. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and so that's that's something that I think we tend to assume that these people are just evil haters who are against human freedom and all that. And and I think that's really an unfair characterization. I think they have a reason to believe that their values are being threatened. And that reason is that their values are, in fact, being threatened. Now, more and more Americans feel like those values are not the values we should have as a country. But that doesn't mean that those people can't be freaked out by that. And I think they have well, a right and, to be. And, and, and still, in, in, uh, and this is something that concerns conservatives a little bit, in 15 years from now, <clears throat> uh, we will look at, at uh, gay marriage as sort of blasé. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it it's, it's, won't be something that will be shocking or exceptional or, right. or anything like that. Um and there will be there will be some other issue, and and I don't know what it is, and and there may be there may be lines to draw there, uh, but I would I would say that if you look at the nominees we've had for president, going back historically, rarely do you see a true social conservative uh, emerging uh, from the Republican nomination process. Yeah, um, Reagan, not not as much as a lot of people tend to think. No, no, and and again, Reagan uh, sort of came in um, at a time just just because he was sort of the the only hope and the only it, it was again a different different sort of era. Yeah, um, uh, he was sort of the only only person standing, only person really really willing to run. Uh, George George Bush Senior, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, but uh, uh, you know, it's you're not going to see a, a Pat Buchanan win, uh, uh, Rick Santorum. Again, did not fare well. Uh, George Bush sort of got the uh, votes of of that uh, uh, group, but it's hard to say that he was really um, uh, evangelical. Uh, well, as, uh, as you point, to, yeah, as you pointed out, conservative culture warriors don't do well in the end, and in part because your point being that the country's changing a whole lot, and those positions well, aren't nearly as popular. There's the a, country's changing, and because the establishment that actually really decides the Republican nomination is is still this sort of Main Street uh, Chamber of Commerce type uh, uh, God I hope so uh, cons- conservative and well and this is this is an interesting thing because I, w- I would say perhaps the most liberal socially liberal uh, uh, candidate uh, to ever show up in the uh, Republican nominating process would be Donald Trump yeah, I think by for for a lot of his positions, I mean, assuming well, I hate I hate to call what he has his positions. It's like what he happens and, to think. Yeah, what he happens to think at this second in time. So you know, um, and that's why Donald Trump is almost sort of a, a thing in and of itself, set aside in some special special area because he's he is he is very unique, you know, and yeah. and so I, I I tend to try to look at him as an exotic animal, basically. So. But anyway, so I think the the coming back to that point, I think, you know, one of the great things is is that we still while we focus on more radical people and, and these sort of messages that in the end, I think the candidates that we tend to get are a lot more moderate. And not only that, but I think the genius of our system is that it prevents people who are particularly radical on many issues from getting a lot done. Yeah. And that's uh, that to me is a is a really good thing, and that's why I'm you know I'm I don't I don't carry a pocket constitution around with me or anything like that. But uh, I'm I, I think the setup is is a pretty good one, all things considered. Oh, ab- absolutely, so. absolutely. And my my guess is we will check back in, and I my guess is that when we have our candidates, um, you know, this summer, uh, we'll find that um, 
uh, will, they will not be a, a radical conservative uh, fire breather on social issues. I, I mean, I expect the nominee will be pro-choice or pro, uh, uh, pro-life. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I doubt that there will be much discussion on uh, marriage issues, though. No. Um, so. All right, then. Uh, well, I think that, that pretty much answers Chris's question. So thanks very much for asking that question, Chris. Uh, and that does uh, wind it up for this episode of Ask the Politics, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, or criticisms, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is politicsguys at gmail.com. That's politicsguys, one word, at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, where Jay and I post and comment on news articles throughout the week and where you can comment too, is facebook.com slash page. Check it out and maybe give us a like. If, you've, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate the show and write a quick review. Ask the Politics Guys will be back next Wednesday. We hope you'll join us.